But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame, like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Welcome back inside the booty and the beast podcast. I'm fitness informant founder and CEO, Ryan Buckeye, all beast, little booty, not as much as I'd like, but welcome back to the podcast. Took a little bit of a hiatus. Why? Well, we celebrated the birth of our third child. Our son Jackson is officially six weeks today. And so that's why Danny's not here. She's still going to be working. Uh, she works a little bit, but obviously trying to give her time with our son Jackson and I'm trying to keep things going. So Danny will be back here on the podcast in some due time, but for now, you get me and my beautiful slash ugly mug. Chris Waldrum is our guest today, former CEO, the founder of Inspired Nutraceuticals. He's on to new things in his professional life. Now, many people who follow Chris online, social media, know that he does design work. He does some consulting stuff. He does some formulation stuff. But I'm going to tell you, in this podcast, he reveals what his next big move is. And it's not just going into business for himself. No, he's actually going to work for a company. Which company? I'm not going to be the one to spoil that for you. You're going to have to listen and tune into this podcast to find out more. I'm excited for Chris's next journey. Obviously, Chris is a friend of mine. I've always been a fan of his work. He has a lot of influence on the sports and active nutrition space. And I allude to it and I and I talk about it on the podcast. But you think of the, about the 40-20 serving pre-workout, that was Chris. If you think about Greens Plus, that was Chris. If you think about Multivitamin Plus, again, that was Chris. And Chris had many great ideas as a business owner but also as a business owner and a fellow business owner myself, I understand that the financial stresses and burdens of that type of stuff can come down on an individual. So moving on and going back into say corporate America or corporate umbrella where you have wallets deeper than what you can provide yourself that's going to allow you to do some things and liberate you creatively because Chris is a very creative individual. That is something that you know, you necessarily can't put a value on. So maybe I gave a little bit away there. I said big, deep pockets, a bigger brand. Yes, Chris is going on to a bigger brand. But again, I said, I will let him tell you that himself. That's not my place. But I am excited that he chose our podcast right here to reveal that information. Moving forward, FI may be working with this new brand. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful because I'm a fan of Chris and what he does in terms of formulations, in terms of branding, in terms of strategic execution. But we'll see. But again, I, I you know, again, I'm, I'm honored and I'm, uh, I'm happy that he chose this platform to reveal that information, and I'm excited for you all to get that. Obviously, you guys know we welcomed in our son. I started to show off that way. Uh, that way, six weeks in, um, I, there's a lot of good things that have happened on the Fitbitter standpoint since then. So I do want to kind of just a little bit on that. Uh, you may or may not, I, I can't remember if we talked about this on the last podcast, but we will be shipping to over 1,300 Publix locations in Southeast United States of America. Publix has you know, 1,350 locations in seven states. Three flavors uh, of Fiplers are going to be going into Publix. That includes Rory's Cookie Monster Madness, Cinnamon Sugar Cookie, and Chocolate Peanut Butter Cup. 
excited. It's a huge opportunity for us as a brand. We are going to be in main retail. It's not going to be their HBC set, which is the Health Beauty Cosmetics. We are going to be in the peanut butter aisle, in the aisle next to Justin's and Jif and Skippy and all these big ass multi-million, some, I don't even know if they're billion, they probably have billion, uh, you know, billionaires over the top of it, but brands, and there's us, Fippers. So I want to personally just extend a thank you from me and my team to you guys out there in the listening and viewing world for supporting this journey. This journey of ours uh, is going to embark on our you know, starting our fourth full year business. We're going to celebrate our third anniversary here on April 5th um, is the first day that the website went live. Uh, it was about this time last year that we had the idea for Fitbitters. And by last year, I mean three years ago, sorry, where we had the idea for Fitbitters. And we, you know, we released the video on social media saying, hey, we're starting a nut butter company. And who would have thought three years later, we'd be in this position shipping the Publix, um, also got confirmation that we'll be going into Winn-Dixie, um, Food City as well in the Carolinas. So there's a, a big growth for us in terms of distribution, but I'm still here. And what I mean by that is things aren't going to change as long as I'm here when it comes to quality and consistency of our product. Today, we are still buying all the products or all the ingredients ourselves, and I plan on doing that. We just buy them in bigger quantities. Um, Manufacturing-wise, it's still small batch. Now, we are looking into automation, but the automation process is going to mimic exactly the same product that we have today. That is something that I'm I'm a huge advocate for. And I told my team, like, nothing. You know, we can put a conveyor line in, and that's what we want to do. But the... The grinding of the nuts, the mixing of the protein and the coconut oil within our product, the inclusions, all that needs to remain consistent. We just need to find a way to make more in a day, in which we have, and you guys are going to see some really cool content around that uh, in the very near future. I'm excited about that. Also, uh, there's going to be some big news here on FI as well. Um, you know, I, I thought about launching that information here on the podcast, but I think I'm going to save it for our social platforms. We obviously are growing as a brand as well. Um, and as I grow Fitness Informant, and as I grow Fit Butters, let's just say your boy needs a little bit of help. And uh, I'm excited about the opportunity that is going to be come in front of us again here as a brand. And you guys will get that information relatively soon. But I'm going to stop babbling. I'm going to stop talking. And I'm going to kick it over to my conversation with Chris Waldrum. So you guys, the fans of Chris, the fans of his work, can find out what he's doing, what he's been up to, where he's going, and what the future holds for Chris Waldrum.
my product is going to help you get to where you want to be. Five percenters is 5% of the people in the world that are willing to do whatever it takes to reach their goals. We're talking about business, success, education. Willing to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Cage was born of a need for premium, health-focused products that actually work. We help you lift heavier, run faster, live healthier and achieve your potential. You deserve to trust a company that doesn't cut corners, one that sources the highest quality ingredients. Welcome to Caged. Back inside the Booty and the Beast podcast, except for this time, it's just all beast and no booty unless, well, I shouldn't say that. I mean, our guest today a has a great booty, a phenomenal booty, a booty that he showed off on stage Less than a year ago now, or is it just over a year ago that you stepped on stage for your bodybuilding competition? Just over a year. Just yeah. over a year ago. Now he living dad life, sold a company. Going to tell us in a little bit here what he's doing now. I'm excited about it. Chris Waldron, welcome back to the podcast. How are you, buddy? Woo, dude. I, I couldn't be better. I mean, to be honest with you, and I, I could go into you know a million different reasons. Maybe I, I will, a couple of them, but mm. I... Life has just thrown me so many good bones lately and worked hard for it. Everything's paying off in dividends. And now, you know, the next progression of my professional adult life has come. So it's really excited. You know, I'm really excited to explore and see how far I could take it. Well, you know, I'm sitting here thinking as we we're talking about this podcast, like when do we want to bring up what you're doing? Uh, and let's just rip the fucking bandaid off. Let's just rip it off. Do it. Let's tell people what you're doing now. I think people who follow you on social media know that you're big into graphic design. So you have your own company. You help companies with formulations. You help with label design. Most recently, Apollon or Apollo Nutrition, however you want to pronounce it. They're trying pre-workout. Fantastic pre-workout, by the way. Tastes fucking awful, but it works fucking great. Uh, so in addition to that, do you want to reveal the big news that you've been sitting on that you're excited to tell people right here? Yeah, let's do it. So, you know, I sold Inspired back in November 2022. And I remember when that day came, it was actually on Black Friday when I signed everything. I was like, man, you know, I've been working so hard. What a Black Friday deal. Um, Not bad. Dude, still, still, you know, 50% off special on a company sell. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was just sitting there. I was like, man, you know, what am I going to do? And uh, I'm going to take a couple weeks off or maybe, you know, I'll take like a couple months off because I, I really don't need to do anything financially right now because we're, we're set. Mm -hmm. And a week goes by and I start getting hit up by new clients. One of them was Apollon, get hit up by more new clients. And it turns out that there's a lot of companies that wanted to work with me. But for whatever reason, if they thought I was going to steal their IP when I was with Inspired, they were hesitant to. And I could completely understand, you know, that hesitation because everybody in our industry thinks that their secrets are just the best when in reality, it's all the same shit. Yep. But that design and the consulting side started to grow. And I was like, holy shit, man, this is, this is something I could really build into a big company. And so that started to develop, started to grow. And then out of nowhere, a big company reaches out to me and I'm like, Oh, I show my wife, Steffi. I'm like, Hey, look who just reached out. They're like, Hey, Chris, we like your designs. We want you to do our rebrand. And I was really flattered. Fast forward till now, last week was my first day starting as the brand manager for Nutrex research. Ooh, let's and go. There it that's is where we are at. That's it, dude. So the band-aids off and I'll give you like some insight of how we got here. So 
they reached out to me. It was a VP that reached out and he's like, Hey, I like your designs. Would you be interested in doing a rebrand? I was like, you know, I was extremely flattered and at the same time very nervous because they're a big band. They're a big brand. They used to be much bigger and that's, you know, topic of conversation we're going to get into, but it was just like, holy shit, could I, could I fulfill their needs and really please everybody and, you know, deliver. So get into design, start doing just, you know, some dope shit that I was really stoked on. Show the owner, show the VP, and both of them were like, you know, holy fuck, dude, this is it. And this is after they spent six figures with marketing agencies, not able to deliver a design that resonates with everybody. So a home run, right? Everything's mm-hmm. good. So we start this conversation, build this relationship, and I just keep giving them advice, keep giving them insight because like you, like I'm an industry junkie. Like I live and breathe everything, supplements, you know, whether it's like ingredient nerd stuff or actual like the, the vibration of the industry and just helping people becoming more healthy and give them free, just give them free information because this is what I love. And eventually, which is just over a week ago, the owner reaches out and he's like, Hey, you know, stop, you know, stop giving me all this information for free. Like we got to compensate you in some way. And I was like, okay, like, I don't like the term consulting because I, mm-hmm. I feel it sounds disingenuous and everybody's a consultant these days, like consulting, consulting, consulting. With me, I like to help direct the brand, you know, find out their identity, tell the story, and then just let that develop from there out. So the owner reaches out, says, hey, we've got to compensate you because you've just given us so much value. That came last week on our way to California. They gave me an offer that I couldn't turn down. And I remember sitting there thinking, like, Jesus, dude, did I really want to start working for another company? Like, I haven't worked for an employer in like a decade. Yeah. I haven't had a boss. It's just been me doing whatever the hell I want. And I was like, do I want to get into this? And the team was just so, you know, appreciative of what I can offer. And it made me feel like I was at home. Like I haven't really felt a part of a team outside of being with Inspired, but with like a big corporation, I didn't, I've never felt like they understood my value and these people did. So it was a very humbling and flattering experience. And it's just made me super motivated to, you know, do what I've done in the past with a company that's already big but it's going to be a lot bigger, at least domestically. Yeah, let's talk about that because I think people are going to hear this announcement and they're thinking, first off, A, awesome, congratulations, good for Chris, but why Nutrex, right? Like, I mean, we, you hear the term legacy brand in this space quite often. You can think of Optum, Muscle Tech, BSN, like all these brands and Nutrex, they were all in the same breadth of conversation for a long time. And I, back in 2014, you and I have had this conversation. I was with Supplement Warehouse, sold a ton of Nutrex, then the brand, domestically at least, disappeared, or at least it seemed to disappear. It didn't make a lot of noise digitally online. You and I have had since had conversations about the international business, but so that that, that brings us back to this. Why Nutrix? Why a brand which may not resonate with individuals domestically because maybe they took their finger off the pulse, maybe they decided to focus on international. What was it about Nutrix, other than feeling wanted, that drew you to the brand? Man, no, you make a really good point. I mean, domestically, they're non-existent. They don't, they don't have any kind of social finger for our footprint at all, you know, and I would imagine the majority of the younger generations never even heard of Nutrex, maybe outside of like Hemorrhage or something, because that right. used to have such a strong, strong foothold in the industry. Um, so no, I mean, if you go back, you know, after I sold the company, would you ever want to work for Nutrex? Like, no, no, I don't want to work for any company, you know, and if, if I had to pick and Nutrex was on there, I don't even know if I'd consider it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I got to meet the entire team and to see all of the assets that they really have. Like they have the entire structure to be able to build this company into something massive. They do. They just never had guidance. And over the past six years, over the past decade, 
they've been misguided by people in the company. And, you know, there's always bad apples and right. you trust these bad apples because they sound like they know what they're talking about. And that leads you in a, a negative, non-lucrative direction. And fortunately, you know, they've been crushing it international for a long time and they're very, very strong nationally, but stateside, since it was, you know, it wasn't really a, a focal point of them, they've just atrophied. So joining Nutrex was like, okay, I see the assets, the structure that they have. I see the financial, what they can invest, what they want to invest into it. So they're ready to fucking go. I wanted something with a challenge. Like if I was to get on a company that was already crushing it domestically, like that wouldn't be me living my legacy. Mm-hmm. It'd be easy. Yep. This is going to be extremely challenging. You know, the good thing is, is that they see the value I offer. They think my ideas are good. So I could finally get the, you know, backing that I've needed for such a long time to really, you know, see these ideas, you know, come to life. How do you foresee being the brand manager? You're in charge of a lot of things. I mean, you, you marketing, I mean, sales is going to turn to you for, for campaigns and, and everything coming up. You're going to help with formulations. I'm assuming since you're, you know, obviously a, a wizard there. How do you rebuild or restart relationships with brick and mortar, with major retail domestically? Because once upon a time, like I said, they were everywhere. So something happened. Whether they said, you know, we're going to pull back or maybe retailers just lost faith. How do you regain faith in the retailers? Like you have a huge, with your name, there's, I mean, there's plenty of people who reach out to me and said they can't wait to hear where you're at. And they like Chris Waldron. I think that's a, a good step in the right direction. You have really good relationship with the brick and mortar network across the country but you still have to rebuild potential relationships where they may have once have been or start anew. So how are you planning to do that with your team at Nutrex to get the foot back in the door and get Nutrex back out there in front of the consumer? Yeah. I mean, so that's one of the most difficult things outside of, you know, bringing the social value back and making them relevant again. It's, you know, how do you rekindle relationships that were literally destroyed, picked to the dirt and neglected, pushed aside. And now you want to come back and say like, Hey guys, pay attention, support us. So that's going to be the probably one of the biggest hurdles outside of bringing back the social relevance um, to the company. So multiple things over the past six years, they became really strong online. They're, they're online and Amazon crushes it, but their price point, they just, since retail started going in the direction that it did. And I, you know, I think every brand could, could see that some retailers are really smart. They're always going to be thriving other retailers, maybe not so much. So when they saw that kind of disengagement in retail, they took off their focus and put it all to online. And we know like there's a very fine balance with thriving online and brick and mortar too. And, and both need each other because there's synergy. You know, mm-hmm. if we're good online and we have a good social presence, people are going to go in the store and ask for it. And that could help out our retail partners. But it was so single-sided and retail was so neglected that it just atrophied to the point where it is now. And like, I couldn't go into any retail store around me and say, do you carry Nutrex? I'm like, fuck no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or, or who is Nutrex? And and it's not their fault. It's just the people that were with Nutrex in the past just didn't identify the issue. They, did, they didn't get like the time and attention that it needs because retail, you know, you got thousands of individuals with all of their, you know, plurality of emotional states that you have to like fit to. So it's very much like relations game and they weren't ready to invest into those kind of relationships. And you and I know like the better the relationships you have, the better you're going to do financially at the end of the day those people are going to support you and that's right. going to create, you know, this ripple effect throughout your company's revenue and whatnot. So rebuilding that multiple things, finally restructuring online to have a better map policy where it literally gives retail exactly what they want, which you know, you and I know there's a kind of a basic margin that retail needs for them to right. get behind a brand and then regulating the shit out of it. We've had people that online are selling literally more units than I could even fathom, but they're selling at a price point that completely devalues the brand. <clears throat> so 
all the products that are coming out now with the rebrand, I helped formulate, all of those are going to be structured perfectly to retail. So if retail picks it up, if they want to pick it up, at least they have the backing to be able to make the margin they need to keep the lights on. And we're not saying, hey, I'm going to put like a million dollars in ad revenue a month to send people to your store so you get 10% margin because mm-hmm. we're selling it so low online. So finding that balance is going to be one of the biggest, I think, hurdles to go through. But since I've been dealing with it for a decade, I have a pretty good understanding of the structure to put together. And that's what we're implementing from day one. So it's kind of like Nutrex is going through like a rebirth. I don't want to say like a rebrand. Like when I started, that was like day one of the future of the company to where it's going to go. Lipo6, we've talked about this. For those that maybe aren't familiar with that IP, with that brand name. I mean, it's the equivalent to what C4 is for Nutribolt. And we've talked about this like that. Once upon a time, I remember selling tons of this, and I think you still mentioned that they sell tons of it online. Like, you have valuable IP, and you have a lot of cool assets with Hemo Rage and some of the other stuff there. You have a team. You have an infrastructure. Now it's just built quite different than potentially what you had with your own thing at Inspired. Your infrastructure was you, the walls of your house, the cash flow in your bank. Now you have a little bit more potentially uh, you know, at your disposal to do some of the things that you've always wanted to do. But is it going to be difficult for you? And have you had the thought, the conversation with Stephanie and your friends about going from being your own boss to now having to potentially, you know, they, they obviously they're going to let you do your thing, but you still have to answer to somebody else. And you've done that once mm. before, back in the day. Is it going to be difficult for you to not to no longer be the boss and have to answer to somebody? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's all. That's all a, a you know an opportunity for growth. Fortunately. Over the past decade, you know, I've been in, the, in this industry for almost 20 years now. From day one till now, my level of confidence and knowledge is just exponentially higher than it was when I started. So if I have like a viable plan and I get pushback, I push that plan through. And as long as I can make it, you know, understandable to the people, you know, the, the owner of the company, then they're just, they're going to move forward with it. So there is always going to be checks and balances that I'm going to have to get approval for. But at the end of the day, I'm going to make this shit fucking work. And I know I have a solid game plan. So if I could at least get it, you know, to an understandable standpoint to these people, they're going to let me go through with it and push forward. So I do have upper management and a boss, quote unquote. But if I think something's going to work, like you bet your ass, I'm going to be like, listen, this is what we're going to fucking do. (laughs) This is how we're going to do it and crush it. Yeah. Five years ago, would Chris Waldron make this decision to go work for a big company? Regardless of what was growth inspired, because I think maturity wise, if anybody's been following your journey online, you used to be an online warrior. You used to comment. You were very outspoken. You had kids and got married. And I don't know if that was part of the, the maturation process for you as a person, but you pulled back on a lot of that stuff. Um, so I feel like today you're in a place as a, as a human being that you were not five years ago. So I will tell you what I think. I think five years ago you would have told them to go fuck themselves because you kind of push back on corporate America. You push back at the big brands and you were very bootstrappist. You were very like, I'm going to fucking do this. And you did a lot of cool things for this space. And, and before I let you answer this, like think about this. Pre-workouts, once upon a time, were always 30 servings. You implemented the 40-20 serving in pre-workouts. Now it's the standard. You see everybody doing 40-20. Look at your greens product that you created inspired. That came out six months to a year later. Everybody came out with a greens plus product. Your multivitamin, again, more than just a multi. So you pioneered a lot of stuff that I don't think you would have thought you could have done in a big company. So that's why I say five years ago, you would have told them to go fuck themselves. But would you have five years ago, do you think you could have made this leap back into quote unquote corporate of the space? <laughs> no, man, I was completely anti-corporate. I mean, coming from Dimatize and seeing how it's structured 
and just seeing how like the lack of communication exists throughout. I don't care like how corporate is and dynamitizes, you know, as corporate as it gets now. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just still massive gaps in the communication. And that always led to somebody being thrown under the bus. So I, I always just used to see being, people being mistreated or undervalued. And I was like, fuck, I'm not going to put myself in that atmosphere because if it's not conducive to like who I am, that impacts my family around. And the only thing that matters for me is the environment that my family's in. So if it's going to impact me negative in any way, then I don't even fucking consider it. That's just, it's out. Yep. What is going to be, I'm going to ask you to try to reveal as much as I can for you since I have you on the show. What's going to be the first big move that Chris Waldrum does with Nutrix? Man, the first big move is going to be the rebrand announcement, like showing everything, what we're going to do with the new look. Really, you know, over the past couple of years, Nutrix have had great ideas. It's just the implementation has been complete dog shit. And you know just as well as I do, it doesn't matter how dope of a product or how innovative it is. If you don't have a good means of communication to get that out to your clientele and customer base, then it's just lost in the dust and somebody else picks it up and doesn't even a better job than you. And that's that's what's happened with Inspired a lot. Like I have great ideas but we didn't have a plan of implementation like some of these other big companies do. They do it and then they just mop the floor with it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's launching the rebrand, just showing that, dude, it's just going to bring them back to a level of relevance that hasn't existed in maybe like 10 years, Sure, you know, like a decade. So showing the new brand, showing all the new products that we're developing and, you know, being able to have the free reign like I did with Inspired, like I could come out with whatever I want. And I never push the cost of goods with Inspired because I just think that's a rat race, you know, and, and that's where everybody is right now. And I don't think anybody wins at the end of the day because innovation doesn't mean that you could just increase your cost of goods. And that's justification to be like, see, I'm the best formulator out there. there, there not, you know, there are some brands that think that, Chris. Yeah. And, you know, I, and, I, and I work with a lot of these brands, too. And I talk to them like, hey, you know, what, what are you trying to accomplish here other than dick measuring contests? And if that's it and if that's, you know, what the brand wants to achieved and you know who am i to say that it's right or wrong it's, it's completely up to them but they've given me free reigns on formulas you know our cost of goods is not going to be insane but for a company as big as they are the cost of goods are high so it's really given me space to breathe and space to put some innovation in existing categories like you know i basically think what i'm going to do with new trucks is what i did in 2019 with inspired with a lot of these categories that now they've existed for a while but there hasn't been anything that really made like a unique standpoint to it. And that's what I'm going to come out with is just that like, holy fuck, dude, I didn't even think of that, you know, like, holy shit. How much of the original brand DNA are you keeping in the rebrand and how much of the Chris Waldron magic are you sprinkling on it? Everything moving forward will have a little bit of the, the sprinkle magic. Um, the things that are going to stay consistent are the conglomerates internationally because you cannot fix something that's not broken, right? <laughs> like if it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a well-tuned machine, you leave that in place because they're absolutely slaughtering it um, with like the LiPo products and right. a couple of their other SKUs. So those are going to be like the legacy products that just stay there because they're just working so well and it's such a profitable part of the company. Everything from here forth, every item that we come out with, and, and we have like eight, eight SKUs that we're going to uh, launch over the next year, are going to be just developed specifically for domestic market. And that's the thing, like international and domestic, completely different because you sell to another country. Right. You can maybe put like four ingredients in there. Where in America, you could stretch a little further. And one thing that I wasn't expecting when I started formulating like the pre-workout, how strict they were with guidelines. Like I wanted to use, you know, citrus orontium. And they're like, oh, we, we can't use citrus orontium. I'm like, why? Well, it's the nephrine. And I'm like, fuck. So 
kind of at first I was like defeated, like, damn, dude, they're, they're really holding or restraining me. But in the end, I was like, okay, so it just started showing me a different value that Nutrix has, that they actually care about the ingredients. They want them to be grass certified. They want them to be Dacia. I'm like, okay, so people don't even know that about Nutrix. Mm-hmm. They just think Nutrix is a hardcore wash-up company. But they actually have like very high values that these other companies that promote it, like First Form, that their whole like foundation is built off of. Nutrix has that. It just has never been highlighted. So nobody knows that Nutrix cares about the processes. They care about the legalities, about, you know, tested sports federations and all that kind of thing. So that's going to be another really big highlight to come out to show like, hey, it's, you know, it looks hardcore, but really these ingredients are, you know, what they should be with other, <laughs> within the parameters of a, the legal system kind of thing. What's your take and how are you going to work with this at Nutrix? Because a lot of these bigger brands typically – you have a lot of passion for, for formulations, and I'm sure they're going to let you, to their point, you have higher cost of goods there, allow you to kind of go after some of these passions that you have, but you still have to pay for those passions. So, I mean, a lot of these brands will have a couple cash cow products, a couple SKUs that margins are super high, sell a ton of, in this case, maybe it's Lipo 6, that allows you and funds that passion project to do things in pre-workout, to do things in wellness, to do things outside of the bodybuilding realm. Is that something that you're a firm believer in that you do need a couple SKUs that, you know, print some checks for you so that way you can go out and do some of these cooler things that you love and that you're passionate about? Yeah, so that's that's kind of like when I got into this company, they already had a couple products that were going to launch. And if I hadn't joined, the products already would have launched. And I looked at the formulas and I was like, hey, man, these formulas, nobody's going to give two shits about them. Like, yeah, they have everything that every other product has in there, all the basic ABCs of a pre-workout that you would expect to see in it, but there's nothing unique about it to make this person like interested. And one thing that I like doing with the supplement back panel is giving something that's interesting to look at. It doesn't necessarily have to be directly applicable to that. It doesn't have to have validated studies behind it, but it could have like an entourage effect or synergistic value when combined with other ingredients. And that doesn't mean that you got to have a hundred ingredient panel just it means developing certain aspects of that a little bit more. So like how we added like a hydration formula to like the inspired stuff, you know, like, oh, wow, in a pre-workout, that's actually kind of interesting. Doesn't really raise up the cost of goods, but it looks cool, you know, and, and you see other brands do that now. So it was just taking like their basic concept ideas instead of letting them just launch it aimlessly, hoping for the best, develop it out to really tell a story, to give the consumer something to look at and to read and, and feel like they're, you know, a part of something special and unique. What's going to be the first product then? I mean, for you that, that you're able, if you're able to share it, cause obviously we know a rebrand's coming. Is there going to be a reformulation, a new product category, something that you're going to, that you can put your, put your fingerprints on. That's, this is, this was touched and blessed by Chris Waldron. <laughs> yeah, that'll be, that'll be the first product uh, that I'm not, I can't share right now. Cause we, we got to put together a better structure before I start announcing it. Um, but it's, you know, it wouldn't be too hard to guess. So I already kind of alluded to it. <laughs> How busy is 2013, or 2013, Jesus Christ, 2023 going to be for you and Nutrex in terms of brand news and becoming more of a player domestically again? So it's tough, you know, when I had a conversation with the owner and the VP last week, or the week before last, um, they're like, Hey, Chris, I know you're busy with your agency and, I've been working really hard with Liz Ritchie to be able to set up our agency. So we just have this, you know, dope experience for our customers. And they're like, you know, we don't expect you to work full time. You can do this part time and help us restructure everything. Just get us on the right path again. And then last week I'm working like 20 hours a day. So I don't plan on doing that, <laughs> but like, you know, 
working, I get up in the morning, train, and then I work for the rest of the day until, you know, everybody's in bed and then another hour or two after that. So initially it's going to be, you know, ridiculous workflow, but after we could get the structures in place that have just been missing for such a long time, the mechanisms of the company are going to work properly. And so when we start doing this ad spend, because like with Inspired, I financed everything myself. I didn't have a million dollars a month to be able to put into advertising. Now I do. So now we could do this strategically and we're working with the marketing agency, but they still need guidance too. Mm -hmm. So once we get the structures in place, we could start putting some serious ad spend behind it. The whole machine will start to work. And then we could get back into like really being loud and proud, innovating, doing some dope apparel. And, you know, I could basically do whatever the hell I want. It begs the question then, right? You, you started the podcast off with saying Black Friday, you sold Inspired. What is your relationship today with the baby that you built? Dude, we're, we're at war every second. I hate them. So no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I should have went with that too. I was like talking to Lana. I was like, bro, we need to start some like fake beef just so people are like, see, I know they're really going to fucking kill each other yep. and let people just feed off of it. You know, um, it's good, dude. It's uh, like, I'm doing all their designs. So, I mean, for lack of better terms, I'd be, you know, the, not the head of marketing, but right at the top of marketing. Cause obviously Landon's wearing many hats right now. And he does a lot of the, structures of where the company is going to go. But as far as keeping like the look and the feel of the brand, that's going to stick with me for, you know, as long as they'll have me basically, because not to say I'm the best designer, but since I designed all of Inspired, if you give it to a different designer, it would be really, really hard to maintain the same aesthetics throughout. And then if that starts tweaking, you know, and we've already had people that like ask like, Hey man, is Inspired going to go down the shitter or are you going to sacrifice the quality? And like, of course not. They're still working with the same manufacturers. They still have the same structures in place. Now they just have more money to be able to put behind it, which is really the biggest missing link of Inspired is like, I never took on an investor. I never took on a partner. I had hundred percent ownership until I bought Landon into the company. Mm-hmm. And it was just me funding it, you know, just reinvesting and maybe how you did with Hit Butters. Right. But um, I'm going to stick around to make sure that Inspired always looks fucking dope. That'll be my role. So a lot of people don't know this, but uh, three weeks prior to you selling Inspired, we were at Supply Side in Vegas. Uh, you and I had a good conversation and not going to disclose everything, but you mentioned that you were burnt out, that you were tired. And I didn't know that this was potentially coming, but I think it also seemed like there was like a sense of relief for you as well. Like you were happy, but you also were admitting like, hey, I'm just, I'm worn down. Were you worn down because just all the stuff over the years of running your own business. Cause I don't think people understand how hard it is when you, especially when you do it by yourself. I mean, obviously you had Landon towards the end of things for the better part of the last year or so, but a lot of this was like, you were doing it a lot uh, on your own, but like what were you worn down? Were you tired? Were you over it? Like what was your general feeling on the brand? Because I know, you know, over time you can start to feel disconnected from something even you yourself have created. Yeah. And that's exactly why I came to the conclusion of selling the company it wasn't because we were in any kind of financial risk. We weren't, and I could have kept doing it, kept living a great life. It was because who I am started to be sacrificed for the sake of inspired. And so that permeated into my house, that permeated into my relationships with my daughters and started to bring me down to not the positive person and uplifting person that at least I think I am. So when I kind of evaluated that, I was like, oh man, you know, this isn't, this isn't as uplifting to me as it has been. And a big part of inspired has been, you know, me and the team motivating each other and just getting this really like solid family system, reciprocating energies to each other. And I started to feel like I couldn't give that anymore. So when I identified that, I was like, okay, like, do I keep on pushing? And 
potentially go down a path where it makes me just a you know, spiteful asshole or something like that, then that impacts everybody that I really care about. Or do I make a decision to remove myself from this environment and let somebody else take it over that is extremely passionate, ready to go and willing to take this to the next level? And that's when I came to the conclusion. It was just, you know, I started, I started inspired because like, you know, I was fucking inspired. I was, I was motivated as fuck. I want to take over the world. Right. Kill anybody in the fucking process that's going to get in front of me. And uh, I didn't have that killer mindset like I did. I was like, holy shit, like I have all these products that I innovated, but I haven't launched them. So I, I just, after I analyzed my own self and realized that I wasn't, you know, in that mindset that I was years ago, I was worried that that was going to impact the company negatively. And the last thing I'd want is to leave before I should have and wait until the name is tarnished, you know, and, and everything that makes Inspired special is tarnished. So it was more preventative myself from an environment that just wasn't conducive to me and then you know my family anymore what do you think it was like what changed for you <clears throat> man a lot of i wouldn't say necessary regrets but looking at my stubbornness for not taking on opportunities when i could have not taking on investors when i could have thinking that you know i don't need anybody like i, I grew up with absolutely nothing i've done everything on my own mm -hmm my entire life. And unfortunately, like that mindset isn't a good mindset to have in business because every business, every company comes to the standpoint where you get to like, you know, eight figures or something, but then you can't break through that threshold unless you have like an infusion of money. Right. And I've been told that I just didn't want to believe it. So we kept pushing, kept pushing and get to eight figures. And I should have taken on investor at that time. And uh stubborn Chris just said, fuck it, I'll do all of myself. So looking back at situations like that, I was like, so that kept on beating me up too. Cause I'm like, fuck, dude, Inspire could be a hundred million dollar company, but it's not, you know, and the only person I have to blame is myself, nobody else. And I think that started getting to me and that started impacting who I am and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. I love that, man. Don't overstay your welcome. I think that's good self-recognition. I think you're absolutely right. Most people are gonna have a hard time recognizing that. I can't imagine many people look in the mirror and be like, I need to go. Like I need to step away from my baby for this thing to, to survive and thrive. You make a really good point about eight figures, 10 million. You hear that all the time. Like once you get to 10 million, you're stuck because it is expensive. I don't think people understand like how much it costs because in your standpoint, right? With your manufacturers, you're probably getting that 30 terms. The rest is like cash and cash is king. It's tough, man. Some of these big POs are expensive to fund and now you're at a place where you're going to be able to do that and where they're going to do it. It's not a worry of yours. So that financial stress comes off of you is that a huge sense of relief that you don't have to worry about paying the corporate bills like you get to worry about providing for your family doing your job to the best of your ability and that's it dude i know it's like i get to play with other people's money now that's a fucking awesome it's opportunity like Monopoly, right baby. there yeah <laughs> you know and like i've learned so much about marketing advertising just like analyzing the metrics, how to tweak it to make it more profitable, increasing your ROAS, increasing your ROI. And I just didn't have that ad spend to put it behind inspired. Um, but now we do. So now having all of this knowledge, the foundation that I've built, I could apply it to a company that could back it up financially. It's, you know, I know at this point when people listen to it, people are still going to be like, dude, why the fuck did you choose Nutrex? But over the next six months, people are going to be like, holy fucking shit. Like this is this is some incredible stuff. So yeah, it's no whole bars. I mean, you're excited, obviously, and, and the call we had last week, you could tell you're excited. But then I gotta ask, like, are you happy? 
with the way things went with Inspired? Are you happy with what you did with that brand? Does it make you happy to have to step away? Like, what's your general feeling on that? Yeah, I would say I'm content. I would say I'm content. (laughs) Going through that process and signing the papers on Black Friday and then the month after that, closing down the warehouse, um, people are like, man, how do you feel? And the only thing I could relate it to, it's like, could you imagine being in like an eight-year relationship and ending? You know, it's it's either the end of an era or the beginning of something new. And I looked at it as the beginning of something new. Initially, I was, you know, it was really hard to accept. I was like, I'm not going to do this. Fuck this. And, you know, I second-guessed myself weeks after. So it was, it was a very much of a healing process of signing it. A week later, just like, did, you know, <laughs> analyzing, did I make a mistake? Should I have kept on going? Did I give up on this? You know, and just really beating myself up. And it's taken some time to really find that, you know, acceptance of of me again, because initially it was just, it was a lot of, uh, I don't know, demoralization and self, like hate, I guess, for lack of a better word. So yeah, it was, it was tough to go through emotionally and mentally. Like I'm in a phenomenal state now and I have been probably since, you know, the end of January. But going through like Christmas and everything, I'm like, dude, I just sold my company. I just sold my baby. And, you know, one thing that I shouldn't let happen that I really did let happen is just like, man, what do other people think? Like, do you think, do people think that I just fucking gave up? They think like I was failing. So I had to, and I never let people's words bother me and nobody ever said anything to me negatively, but it was just echoing in my mind. And I stepped, took a step back and talking to myself, you know, third person was like, Chris, like, who the fuck are you right now? Why are you acting like such a pussy? (laughs) Like, this isn't who you are. You make decisions because you're confident and you don't second guess your decisions. You just fucking, you know, measure once, cut twice, move forward with it. And that's at the point I am right now. And dude, the universe has just blessed me with so many opportunities. Like I wondered where I was going to go. I'm going to take a year or two off and just enjoy life. And the universe is like, no, here, boom, 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 boom. And Nutrix was a next step in my path of life. So I'm just accepting it and taking on the challenge and the opportunity to really push myself and just, you know, better who I am as a team member, a member as, a, as a father, as a husband. And this is like an opportunity for me to really grow to the level that I want to get to. When you went in with Inspired, you went in both feet, you dove in. It wasn't tiptoe bullshit. Like you went for it, right? Did you... Was the plan always to sell or was this something you thought like, I'm going to hold on to this thing and become a hundred million dollar company and run one of the top active nutrition companies on the planet? No, I mean, if any owner gets into a company that doesn't have any kind of end date or, you know, escape plan, basically, then they're just, they're fucking idiots. You need it, you know, because everything has a lifespan, right? And that, And every lifespan is completely unique to its own situation. So I already had like, I always had like an, an estimated value that I wanted to get out of it. And that's probably why I stuck around the longest because it was just, it was really high. And that was my own ego talking because obviously the owner of the company, I'm like, ah, oh, these are the best ideas. These are the best. And yeah, they were great, but my implementation on them could have been much better. So once I finally realized it's like, okay, maybe that number isn't with the actions that I take, maybe that number isn't achievable. It started to make me better accept the situation. And then when I felt myself being taken down into a pathway that I didn't want to be because it could affect other people, that kind of, you know, solidified my choice of just saying, hey, it's time to step away and let somebody else that's passionate, you know, and and now Landon's the president. 
obviously he's one of the most passionate dudes and outspoken dudes on the planet. And then the new owner that took it over, they're a big company. They have a lot of financial backing. So that made it a lot easier too, because, you know, I did have a lot of initial second guessing of my decision. But after that, I was like, this is everything I could have wanted for Inspired. I didn't want Inspired to die. I wanted to continue to thrive and take over like I know it could. It's just not going to be done in my hands. Your wife, family, anybody tell you to do something different or they all just say follow your heart? Follow my heart, dude. I got the best fucking backing ever, dude. My wife, my mom, they're just Team Chris 110%. And if I didn't have that, then I don't know. I would be a complete, a complete wreck. But, you know, my wife, Stephanie, she sees anything I do, I go 110% into it. And the new truck thing came and she's like, you sure you want to fucking work for anybody? And then, you know, we get on the call with the owner and the owner gives me like an offer and she was right next to me and she's like, holy fuck, okay, you gotta, you gotta go. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was, it was offered too good to be true. And it, it, it was one of those things like, fuck, wow. Okay. They really see my value. I'm going to go fucking all in on this dude and just really implement the ideas I had on, you know, my path that I wasn't really able to for multiple reasons. One being myself, just completely let go push forward with innovation and do, i mean bring back the dinosaur from the dead like i told matrix like dude you guys are like a walking zombie but we're bringing you back to fucking life and in the age of you know social media we're gonna have social relevance so i gotta i gotta ask i use the word now that you're in a position and you have to revive this company domestically at least what other brands inspire you what are some brands out there what are they doing that get you excited to be able to do maybe some of the things that you couldn't in the past. Obviously, you're going to do your own thing. You're going to do things that they haven't done. But I'm sure, being a fan of the industry, a fan of the space, there are brands out there who have inspired you, who get you going, that excites you for maybe the direction that this industry is going. Yeah, you know, a brand that is just crushing it because they've structured it so well is Dark Sports. And um, the only reason I know that is because some of our athletes were their athletes. Mm -hmm. And hearing how they go about their process of content curation, managing athletes, it's just, it is really next level. And that's why an apparel company is fucking crushing it like they are. And I don't own any of their clothes and I don't know if I'd ever wear any of their clothes, but seeing their operations and how they structured everything has been a big motivational factor to see like, okay, there's so many different levels to this, so many different ways to be able to structure something. And um, they've done it right. I mean, them, you know, and their sister company, Civil Regime, just fucking killing it, dude. Killing it. Inside of our industry, I mean, I, don't, I really don't pay too much attention to companies in our industry outside of keeping up with where the formulas are, keeping up with new ingredients because you have to. But I don't know. I mean, two companies that I, I watch all the time are probably clout and inspired. You know, now I see Kyle freaking crushing it. There's some young kids. They're working mm -hmm. with Media. They're just bringing out some hot stuff. And the formulas aren't overly complicated. They're not crazy high cogs, but their delivery of it and the education, the communication is just, it's really up there. And I admire that a ton. And, and with Inspired, like they're launching formulas that I created. So watching that come out and now they have some financial backing to really show the world. Like FSU Serum was my baby for a long time. So that's, that's really exciting too. Um, but I mean, every, dude, all the companies in our industry are crushing it, man. But, and the thing is like, what really makes these companies unique anymore? It's just the social value that they offer. So if they have that kind of like connectivity, like ghost, you know what I mean? Who's, who was really the first one to do a lifestyle thing 
appropriately. Like Inspired started out as a lifestyle brand before it was worn, worn out. Ghost came out and they just did it right from the fucking get-go, dude. Getting Christian Guzman, getting tied into all of these social networks that other big companies are desperate to get into, but they'll never be able to fucking touch it, dude, because, you know, they're just not Dan and Ryan. They've done it right. So um, Ghost is an obvious one, too. That's always very inspiring to watch. So now that you're quote-unquote brand manager, right, is your official title for Nutrex, I'm going to just, we're going to do like a word association to to wrap up the podcast. I'm going to list some brands within our space, outside of our space. I want you to give me the first word that comes to mind. And I haven't thought of these brands. I'm literally going to think of them on the top of my head. So um, we're going to do five or six, maybe five or six brands, maybe. But I'm interested because every brand has has it it elicits a feel, an emotion. At least a good brand does, right? If I if you if you tell me a brand name and I don't feel something, that means that brand is doing something wrong or just doesn't resonate with me. So Chris Waldrum, Walt, Walt Disney. New Age Walt Disney, the cancel culture and the age of its inclusivity and fucking equity has like ruined the essence of what Disney used to offer. You know, Disney used to be something that everybody could really relate to. And now with equity, they have to pick out the the smallest sect of society to give them a voice, which isn't necessarily a bad thing if it's fair. But what that does is exclude certain sects of people. And then it becomes inherently racist, like, you know, changing princesses from one color to another color, but they never do it with like an Asian or a Hispanic or even a Native American. That part of Disney, I'm like, come on, dude, you guys are, you know, equity is just racist. So yeah, fuck the new age stuff from Disney. Will you take your girls to Disney ever? They're going to watch the uh, 1980s and fire Disney. I'm, I'm telling you, we watched The Hunchback of Notre Dame this weekend with my with my uh, my daughters and even some, she, she loves the original Peter Pan. The stuff back in our day, man was yeah. i mean I, I like some of the stuff today whatever it's cool but i mean you're right i love i love some of the old school stuff nike yeah nike is forever and will always be a leader in every facet of life i mean she is so fucking iconic and like they're the brand i get a lot of inspiration from for design because their sneaker style are just, you know, and now you have other brands like Adidas that are really came up and made a stand, but dude, the mo- I mean, fucking Jordans, bro. Michael Jordan's like, you can't, there's nobody could ever top that. <laughs> nobody. Marvel. Dude, I mean, Marvel's owned by Disney, aren't they? So Technically, <laughs> yeah, but, but, but they also elicit, like, different things, right? When I think, this is my person, when I think Disney, I think magic. Like, I mean, the magical, like, this magical kingdom stuff. Marvel, I get a different feeling from. Granted, they're owned by the same company, but I get a different feeling from that because they're different brands, just mm-hmm. umbrella. But do you get a, you get the same feeling from Marvel because of its parent company, or do you feel something different from that? No, one thing I like about Marvel that they've done since day one is they've taken a relatable, normal character that people could identify with and shown them that they could do great things. And I think that is extremely inspirational, you know, with like Spider-Man or Batman, just normal individuals that have risen to greatness. And I think that kind of level of motivation that could really like empower people, like I, I applaud that. Las Vegas. Oh, God. So I can't say anything too bad because I have a lot of friends in Las Vegas, but, you know, what, what, the brain cells that die in Vegas stay in Vegas. No, I mean, Vegas Vegas is, is a shit, dude, you know, built by the freaking mafia. 
created as an escape for people to go act like complete assholes and then forget about it, you know, if that's what you're into, then awesome. But I'm not much of a gambler either. So it's really hard for me to relate to <laughs> All right. Well, then the last brand name I'll give you as we run with the podcast, Christopher Waldrum. Oh, man. Just a big old cuddly petty bear that likes to troll on his pastime. I, I wish I could screen capture some of the stuff from back in the day. It was between you and Dan, I didn't know who was worse back in the day. Like you guys both were were great with it, but it was it was it's. I mean, hey, we're here now. Everybody's a little bit different. Everybody's a little bit grown up. You're on the different things. Um, what what do you want your legacy to be in general? Not just new trucks, not just inspired, but you have children, and if they look you up, they look up Daddy in the in the encyclopedia of commerce life what do you want that to say about you man you know i my goal used to be having everybody respect me as being you know the best at whatever i do because i'm, I'm very obsessed with pushing myself mm -hmm. in every manner whether it's like design formulation everything like knowledge base if you get into a, a conversation or a debate with me you'll see and really now it's come to i want to leave a legacy of being the individual that really motivated and uplifted people that gas people up when they needed it, that lifted them up when they felt down, that, that really means a lot to me. And that provides all of my happiness, to be honest with you. I mean, like kids and my family do, but like inspiring people and showing them that they're capable of so much more gives me the biggest sense of fulfillment. And that's, that's really what my whole basis of who I am is kind of built around now. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for the rebrand. I'm excited to see. I mean, you're right. This is going to be a challenge. It's not going to be a walk in the park. Even with deep pockets, it's going to be tough to gain relevancy back domestically <laughs> with this brand. Uh, but if anybody can oh, do yeah. it, if anybody can do it, Chris Waldrum, uh, hopefully you can do it. And I think you will. So, dude, I'm excited. When uh, when can we expect the, the rebrand to hit markets to come out so we can start looking for that over the summer? Yeah, I know. I would say in two weeks, I'll contact you with the new look. So we could start showing the new look. So right now we have a 3D designer on the company that is mm -hmm. just next level. And that's why I think clout is crushing it because I'm pretty sure the owner does the 3D graphics and the kid is just so talented. Mm -hmm. um, but it just gives that kind of like cool new age, like techie spin to it. So we're going to start coming out with stuff like that in about two weeks. That would be the introduction to the rebrand, which is also going to allude to the first product that we're going to launch and then we have one or two launches every single month probably from may to the end of the year i mean that's one way to get your name back out there yeah just gotta put the dick on the table baby pants down dicks up let's go i love it i love it well chris man i appreciate you coming on looking forward to this challenge looking forward to your journey i know you'll do good and uh let's do this again sometime yeah i love you ryan appreciate what you do brother